What's up, what's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here, Lexi Rafael. We've got a special interview yeah. today with one of our favorite people on the planet, Mr. Luis, one part of the Biz Bros. One part of the Biz Bros. We got a little <laughs> bio. Let, let me share the bio. Michael took the intro today. I guess he he wanted to take it. I, I usually excited. do the intro. He was excited. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, the Biz Bros have spent the last five years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. Throughout their journey, they discovered the systems and principles on how your business can achieve the frictionless sale. They explore framework strategies and distribution models in order to turn your content into profit. In the last few years, they've helped companies like Orange Theory, Red Bull, JWB, Property Management, the CSI companies, Think Different Theory, University of North Florida, Smile Stylist, F45 Fitness, and many more. We are so excited. So let's cue the intro for today, and then we will introduce you officially to our guests. Rock and roll. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Woohoo! All right, let's bring, let's bring our guest on. All right, let's Mr. do it. Mr. Luis, here we go. That yeah. was so awesome. I'm like, put it again, do it again. It was like <laughs> so, so fun. I'm like, what stage we're doing? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You, you were on stage. Oh, we're boy. here for you. Yeah. It's all, all you today. We're so excited to have you here, and we'll be uh, we'll be having Fonzie on the show later, so they'll get to they'll get to meet him as well. But you, you we decided we you get the real gold with him. <laughs> no, <laughs> not true, not true. Um, okay, let's jump in. Let's let's jump into some questions. We've got a lot to ask you. We're excited. So we always like to start with this one. Um, as you heard in the intro, just barely, um, we talk about a rabbit hole. And when you get into marketing, there is a rabbit hole that happens, right? And, and you go down and, and you keep going. Um, and for us, our, our moment was we heard about a perfect webinar from Russell Brunson. <laughs> oh, no. There you are. I see we lost you. I see you. We lost you. Oh, there you are. Everything good? Yeah. I see you and I hear you. Yeah. Okay, good. Good, good, good. We lost so, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your down the rabbit hole moment in your guys' business? Um, you want one specific? There's been so much, so many. Um, <laughs> let's, let's start with one. One, huh? For us, I think it was the social media marketing agency with Ty Lopez. Um, okay. So that was a while back, I, like a long while back. And at the time, I recently graduated college, and again, I started college late here in the States. I came in as a 21-year-old freshman from, from Venezuela to play some soccer. My brother joined me in Jacksonville, uh, no, no, like, like, a, like a year later. And then really school was a vehicle to stay in this beautiful country, right? I met, met my wife, and then this became home, which was awesome. But at the time, we were like, all my friends were going to their corporate jobs, mostly logistics, mostly like this crazy 
corporate uh, companies. And I'm like, I have no desire to go do this because until then, like my dream was always to play professional soccer. And uh, up to that point, I made peace with like not making it. Fonzie did play professional here in Jacksonville with the team that they opened, which was super awesome. But we're like, hey, what's next? Like, what are we doing? So we went through like this crisis mode of like trying to find out what we really wanted to do. And uh, one of the ideas was to start a business because like during college, I started several projects. I'm like, this could be a cool blog. This could be a cool event. And I was trying always to find these things. And we started selling stickers. And uh, through that journey of selling vinyl stickers to literally door to door (laughs) or like in search shops, we found this marketing agency thing. And uh, that's where everything started for us. Wow. Wow. With stickers. Door-to-door stickers, and then you found this agency model through Ty Yeah, so we were like, how do we market this thing, right? We cannot just go door-to-door selling vinyl stickers, like 20 bucks a pop, right? Like, how do we actually scale this thing? Um, And we're researching. That was around the time that Ty launched, like, the famous ad with the Lambo and the the books. And we're victims of that. And we put in, I think it was like $2,000 in our credit card to, to do the course. Yeah. But um, we never finished it. But what it did was <laughs> it let us go out uh, out of our comfort zone and go and sell these, these services. And that's what started. So we started working with local businesses, uh, specifically restaurants. And uh, we learned a lot since. This was what, five, five six years ago? Okay. Yep. Wow. And then what brought you to the to what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so as soon as we started with the agency, so we had the stickers shortly after we go to this Orlando uh, conference called Surf Expo. It's like where all like the big brands go and sell to retailers. Yeah. So we are out there trying to learn about the business, trying to sell the stickers. We're like, hey, can we do this? And to- totally guerrilla style uh getting in these conversations and then we fall in love with a screen printing machine so we buy the screen printing machine and we put it in the garage of the house as we're doing this online thing so we're like okay we decided to do a brand called six foot southern with our roommate that's six foot and he's a southern dude (laughs) Uh, we start the brand and we're like how do we how do we do this and it's like this whole learning curve of the e-commerce which by the way we didn't we didn't advance too much on that and then it got to the point where just making the t-shirts for us, we didn't hire anybody. It was in our garage. It was, we're screen printing these things at 2.30, 3 a.m. in the morning when we were off work. It was hell. So we decided to sell all this stuff and just stay with the online stuff. So as we start selling these services to the agencies, we start investing in equipment. So we get good cameras, we get good mics. We get all this stuff and other companies start reaching out for corporate videos. Um, so a lot of companies around here do like 10Ks, 5Ks, and they wanted us to go out and film these experiences to then present it as a marketing material for like the recruitment process. And then we go and we record. They wanted to record some trainings and we do that. And then I start a job at a company called Orange Theory. So on the fitness side. So I ended up running a few studios and we bring in my brother as like the social media guy. So we start recording content internally. We start creating those frameworks that we talk about yeah. uh, to be able to sustain like this content for a long time. And this is, by the way, an expand of like two, three years. Right. As we do these things, we build our relationships with the small businesses and we start doing that. So we end up just Fonzie and myself freelancing. And uh, we had about seven different things that we did. We did like email campaigns, uh, funnel landing pages, 
yeah. Facebook ads. So basically, we were advertising ourselves as the anti-marketing agency. So we literally will go out and we're like, okay, what do you do? Or like, who do you hire? What What are you doing with your agency? And they'll say X, Y, Z. Are you getting results? No. Like, sweet. We do something different. We do something else and blah, blah, blah. And then that's how uh, we got most of the people at first. And here's what's interesting, though. We started getting awesome results, but the challenge was scaling past that, right? So we were like, okay, we have seven different processes. If we execute them, they're golden. They're good. We get results. But then as we try to bring somebody else, we didn't have the SOPs, or like the, the processes to, uh, to hire somebody and plug them in into that. So we had a really hard conversation one day and we sat down in front of a whiteboard and we're like, what are we going to do? What is the one thing that we're going to focus on? And uh, the thing that everybody kept asking was content. Uh, even if we came in for an email campaign, even if we came in for a funnel, even if we came in for ads, everybody's like, we just need content, more content, more content, more content. And we're like, sounds good. Here's a way of we can do it. Um, and because that was the most requested thing that people were asking for, we were like, let's do that. So we started diving into just content and almost three years now, we've been developing our own framework, which is the M2M and the service content momentum. And that's what we've been doing. Wow. Very, very cool. You're so cool. We we love talking to (laughs) people. I love it. Um, You have to tell that to my wife. She doesn't think I'm cool. She's like, where are your friends? I'm like, online. (laughs) (laughs) I just get on a Zoom call with them, right? Like, that's where I see them. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, Okay, cool. Love that. Um, So have you guys ever had to throw a Hail Mary in your business just to keep going? We have a lot of uh, different types of entrepreneurs, but I feel like that's a thing that happens a lot for people. And I like to, I like the people who come onto the show, onto the show to, to share their Hail Marys with, yeah. the, with the, with the audience. Absolutely. I mean, just in the last like two years, we've had two that I can think of. Okay. One was uh, actually three. So one was September, 2019. So that was the month I, that was my birthday also, but that was the month that I decided that I was going to quit. Uh, Orange Theory as a studio manager and running multiple locations with a very secure paycheck <laughs> to go do this full time, right? So I'm like, okay, let's, uh, this is it. Like I was having this problems with somebody that came into the company at a higher level and we were not agreeing in the things and I would come home like very angry and pissed. And uh, we had just like, I think it was like a six month old at the time, Luca, who's almost turning three now, which is crazy. Oh my <laughs> and, uh, and Katie was like, Katie's my wife, right? And she was like, dude, where, where's Luis? Like, I, I miss him. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, man, you like, you get here all angry, all cranky all the time, complaining 24 seven. Uh, you know, the energy is no good. And she never talks about energy. So like when she I actually mentioned it, I was like, yeah, something's wrong. So I'm like, what are we doing now? So on a personal level, I was cutting that paycheck and on business was not guaranteed that I was going to get the same amount of money, right? We were not making that amount of money. Uh, so what I did was I went out to four or five different banks and applied for personal loans. Maybe not the smartest thing, but that was the only resource that I had literally available at the time to do this. So I, I asked for like $40,000 and I'm like, okay, this is going to last me for the full, like for the full year. Right. And uh, at least that was a commitment with Katie. And the promise was, um, you know, God bless her. She was like, sounds good. Go do your thing. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to make it back. So 
I go for the loan, I apply, I get the thing, quit in September. The cool thing is like I had a really good relationship with the owners. So I quit. The day that I quit, they hire us to do their content. So kind of like replace the income with like a service, which was great. But now it's not my money. It's the business money, right? So I'm like, okay, now we got to continue to do this thing. And we travel and we invest in our first mastermind, uh, which was about $25,000 of the $40,000 that I paid. So I, I like oh. literally cut the money. Right in half, uh, right off the bat. Did not tell Katie. She knew, like, she knew this information about a year later. But, um, uh, <laughs> but that was a that, that was the first Hail Mary, right? Um, it yeah. was about, and it was not too much about the the mastermind or the group that we were in, which was wonderful, by the way. We had an incredible experience, but it was more about believing in ourselves, just putting that amount of money uh, right off the bat and be like, hey, I trust myself that I'm actually gonna go execute this thing. Right. which is where a lot of people kind of fall off. Um, it was it was, it was a lot of pressure, but it was good pressure. So the analogy that I put it in is uh, we have a saying back home. is like you put yourself between the sword and the wall, right? So you have a wall, you have a sword right in front. You got to move <laughs> either way, but you got to move because if not, you die. So that was literally <laughs> the situation <laughs> that we put ourselves in to go execute. So that's one. So what happens is we start implementing. We start being coached. We, we start learning. We continue to implement. I'm going to say implement multiple times. And then in March of 2020, that's when COVID happened. And literally every single small business in the area that we live in closed doors within a week. So we got like seven phone calls, um, pretty much all clients at the time. And we're, and they're like, guys, we are closing doors. We don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know where money's going to be coming in. Yeah. I am sorry, but that's it. And we're like, what? No, you cannot do this. Like we have an agreement and it's like a handshake agreement and blah, blah, blah. And like, uh, they were like, no guys, like, I am so sorry. Like this is, there's no picture coming your way. I'm like, crap. So my brother like almost kicks me and he's like, get out, go for a walk. Um, I was really stressed cause I was the one handling all the money and all that stuff. Um, he's more of the, the, the free thinker and, uh, <laughs> the idea guy. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm walking through like my spreadsheet. I'm like, we have no money. Like we have no money. We have 60 days pretty much. And then we have to close doors and I don't know what I'm going to do with the money I owe. Like it's going to, I'm going to have to go back and get a, a job or I don't know, something like that. Right. So um, it was really challenging. I came back from that walk and uh, at the time the coach we were working on, who was like, guys, you have to publish. You got to be out there. And that's what we we're helping people do. Right. We were helping with their systems and stuff, and, but we were not doing it for ourselves. And um, so we decided uh, as a Hail Mary <laughs> to launch the show, Content is Profit. <laughs> so yeah. we're like, look, guys, I mean, we have time. We have capacity. There's a few clients there that we didn't really want to work with them anymore because it was something different that we were doing. But we just kept them because that was the cash coming in. So we started the show, the podcast. And we model it after Josh Forty, who's one of the, the, the people that we kind of follow. And then we ended up working with him, which was incredible. Uh, and he was doing three episodes a week and we decided that we wanted to do three episodes a week. And a year earlier, we tried to launch a podcast, but it didn't work because there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of friction in the production side. We had two cameras, the lights, the things, and, uh, we needed to edit and we didn't have a team and it was just added a lot of friction to, to do it. So we removed all that. And we're like, how, what's a minimal viable show webcam, which at the time was a phone and us talking about it and that's how we literally launched the show there was no strategy behind it except <laughs> let's go out and say stuff about <laughs> um so we did that for about 20 episodes 
and then we run out of things to say. So that means <laughs> two things. Uh, you need to learn more or you need to, you need to invite some people into your podcast. So that's what we did. We started inviting people into our podcast to learn more. And those connections and those relationships is what ultimately saved um, the business. So we landed, we recovered literally all the sales that we lost within a, within a period of three weeks. And then very soon after, we were able to start hiring our first team members. So 2020 was a wild ride. That was the first wow. area I'm going to stop there. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, very, very, yeah, very intense couple of years. <laughs> I had no idea. I I had not heard that. I mean, we've chatted a lot, but I I did not know that was a thing. That's that's crazy. Um, I I think we know the answer to this, but we'll ask it anyway. <laughs> so, what was the marketing principle that changed the course of your business? Uh, I have it, by the way, the ones listening, I just like, we have yeah, this yeah. massive signing behind me um, that says content profit. Shout out to one of our guests, Don and, and Emily that did so that. Cool. But um, yeah, belief, that's one, right? Like uh, we're preaching content for the longest time, but we, we struggle to see like, what is the connection with the revenue, right? There's many ways, um, but what a lot of people think, the, the common misconception about content is that like, if you put it out there, people will come. Yeah. And uh, that's not the case. You have to be like very, very proactive on how you approach that. There's, and again, there's different ways. It's not right answer. We've seen so, so many in the past like three years. But the first thing that we gotta understand is like we have to believe that content actually equals the profit for your business, right? And then you can start working from there. So for us, it was just the act of publishing. Just like get out there and do it. From a Facebook Live to the show. Obviously, now the show has evolved. To, to a bigger production. We're about to announce something like really, really big on the 23rd, nice. uh, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, but that proves that consistency is what, what, what makes it work, right? And then if you don't have consistency, then nothing else can fall into place when that happens. So we base everything off of that. And we've helped different people with different models, different frameworks. We have a very powerful one as well, but it's not the only one. I think that's what, you know, a lot of people get confused because in the marketplace, there's so many ways that people are, are targeting you and the messaging. And for somebody that doesn't understand the messaging or doesn't understand what they're doing or or maybe they're just beginning, right? It can be very confusing. We've been there. We've been very overwhelmed. We're like, you have to do all of this, right? And that's what kind of prevented us from, from executing at the first time until we got to a point that we had a very big <laughs> pressure on top of us that we're like, we just have to execute one thing, and that thing was publishing. And it looked in the way, like it, it took the shape of a podcast, but we've right. seen it in many other shapes as well. Right. You know, it's uh, interesting because, you know, as you're talking about this, like the marketing principles are just like rolling off. And I know a lot of people that are new might not have – they might not have caught all of that. So I hope they go back and, and re-listen to this again. But we we oftentimes when we're talking to clients or prospective clients or or just people that are coming and asking for help, they oftentimes are saying, well, I don't really need marketing right now. And we just kind of like, oh, like kind of hurts our soul. But what are your thoughts about, about someone saying they don't need marketing? Mm-hmm. Um, they must go out and play a different game. Um, so we've, we've shared this uh, a few times. We're like, 
marketing and sales, right? But marketing and sales is one thing. Marketing is the beginning of a sale, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the things that we like to to mention because, you know, the business needs cash, the cash flow, right? We need to to have that 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 movement. And one of the things that we're currently working on right now is like on those systems, right? Because even though the show has been like wonderful, and uh, by no means we're stopping the show is now more than ever is going to move forward. Uh, but it's, it's one framework and we're like, Hey, how can we create more predict- predictability? Right. So now that we have resources and we talk about this, our principle is a publishing pyramid, right? Like we have to at the top, understand the resources that we have as a company. So when we first started, I'm going to give you like the before and the after, right? Like the, the before is like the resources are no money time, right? Because it's just us executing. Right. Uh, but we got to understand sometimes when we try to create content, we look at like these big people that are publishing consistently. Um, I'm the bigger one, Gary Vee, for example, right. Or Penn June or whatever, Russell Branson, right. Like we see that and we're like, okay, we want to go there. We want to publish like they have, but we don't understand what are the resources that they have. You know, ClickFunnels is a billion dollar company. They have a team specifically just for content, right. Or they have the resources to hire other agencies to, to take care of that. But we got to understand where that is. So we, we know our North and then we got to understand our own resources and be brutally honest. So when we first started, it was just me and my brother that like, okay, we're the ones producing this thing. We're the ones hitting record. We're the ones distributing this content, right? Right under that, we got to understand capacity, right? So for somebody like Russell, for example, he's a CEO, he shows up to the camera, right? And then he leaves that. He's not the one editing that video, right? His capacity is the time that he has to record. For example, one hour a week, two hours a week. What is it? For us, was three hours a week at least for the show, right? And then also capacity, not only in production, but for distribution, right? Because if you create and then that stays in your drive, your hard drive or your Google Drive or whatever, doesn't do any good. So we got to calculate the capacity that you have to distribute. So that's something that we did as well. We measured the capacity. Okay, we have three hours to record. Let's commit to three hours a week to distribute this content. That was the other one, right? Right. right below that, he's like, okay, now that I understand my resources and my and my capacity, how can I be consistent, right? So if I my agreement was six hours a week, three for creation, and then three for distribution, how can I set myself up for success so I can actually do that? And then whenever you have a team, how can I set up my team for success so they can do that? So in my case was, okay, I'm going to block those times in my calendar. I'm not going to leave it to last minute. I'm going to be very conscious on when we do this. So for the show, for example... We record every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's it, right? If somebody else, I cannot do 4 p.m. Eastern, I am sorry, man. Like, that is the time that we record. You know, there's some exceptions, of course. But if we don't do it at that time, we don't do it at all. So that has to be a priority, right? And then same thing with the distribution, right? So whenever we were doing it, same thing, we will schedule distribution right after. So we make sure that it, it was done. Whenever we had a team member come in, we're like, okay, this goes in your calendar. And we know that on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, this is when the distribution is going, right? So we got to understand. And then right below that, that's the messaging, which is the base of your pyramid, right? It's like, who are we talking to? Who's your dream client? Who's your dream audience? If you talk about audience, right? What is What are the problems that I'm solving? What are the things? What are the questions that am I asking? What are the questions that I'm solving? And then that then you build up from that. So then how do you reduce it? According to your capacity, your resources, your thing, you start in the messaging and then you start publishing very frictionless. So if you add friction where they're like, that's two cameras, we got to edit. That's just going to add time. That's you're going to add capacity, right? So it's like, okay, according to your time that you have available right now for a lot of business owners, 
especially in the small business community, right? Gyms, dentists, all that kind of stuff. Content is the last thing they want to be worrying about because they have to pay the bills. They have to train their staff. They have to go sell, right? So that's the last thing they're going to tackle. So how can we build a very, very strong, consistent content base to at least get noticed with very low friction so we can start grabbing traction in there because time and consistency is the only thing that's going to get you that. Right, right. That's Marco, you want to lead into the next one? Yeah, sure. We um, we talk a lot about systems, and you you know you did a you led us perfectly into that with what you were just talking about. So I appreciate it so much. It's like we planned it, but I promise you, we didn't. It was um, not. <laughs> <laughs> but we we talk about three systems that every business has to have, and uh, we call it OLE. For short, it's our, our nice little acronym framework, OLE. O stands for operating system. L stands for lead generating system. And E stands for an evaluation system. You talked so much about some pieces in that. And we want to kind of dig into to that. So we're going to start with some questions on the operating system. And sure. the first one that we have for you is at what point did you realize that having a marketing system was more important than just running a one-time tactic? Oh man, um, as soon as we recovered those sales, right? We were like, huh. And here, here was the, this is the transition. And I'm going to explain it to my, with my story and with, uh, we have another brother, which by the way, his name is not Luis. <laughs> what? What the uh, heck? There's another and, brother? <laughs> there's another brother. And he's killing it on his own terms as well with a similar <laughs> process. So here's the thing, like, we started doing our own thing and we, the, the misconception that we have is like, okay, if you, if you publish this podcast, you know, the audience is going to be there. The audience is going to find you. No, no, no. That's not going to happen that way. It's going to, it's going to take a second. Right. And, uh, and there's a lot of cases and podcasting is probably one of the hardest things to grow. Right. Specifically just podcasting. So we started inviting these guests and uh, after the second conversation or third conversation, um, after the show, they asked us like, so, what are you guys doing? And it was somebody that we knew from an event. And we're like, hey, we're doing this thing. And he's like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I'm working with this client. Would you guys be willing to have a conversation? And we're like, absolutely. Let's do it. So we had a conversation. It moved forward. Two years later, there's still a client, right? And we're like, oh, that's, this is very powerful, right? And we're like, <laughs> okay. So how can we merge all? How can we publish? How can we be consistent, Right. And how can we connect with our dream clients or who we think is our dream client at the time, right? So we started inviting people that first, the message resonated with what the podcast is all about, right? Second, that we saw potential that maybe it's a partner, maybe it's a client, maybe it's a referral source. Like maybe we get three to four leads every time we do a show. You guys have been in the show. You guys have seen the process. There's a reason we don't change it. <laughs> There's a reason it's still the same after two years, right? First, because we can actually execute on it. It's something that we've been doing and optimizing every single time. You gotta give it time. You gotta like you gotta go and debrief what happened, what what we do, what did we do well, what did we do wrong? At first we're doing um, on the software side, we're doing something called Ecom Live with Skype because it was the only thing that will sync with Ecom Live. Not everybody has Skype anymore, right? And we're like, okay, we gotta switch this. But that came after a bunch of episodes of feedback, right? The guests were like, oh, man, like, this is awesome, the final product. But it was a lot of friction for me to jump on because I didn't have Skype. And we are like, okay, what's a different solution, right? So now we use the same one that you guys are using, StreamYard, right? And it was, it's very powerful. And we haven't changed it. And it's like, okay, you got to take that time to optimize your own system. But also, 
how do you attach that system to your revenue? So for us, was a conversation right after the podcast, which was, hey, by the way, this is what we do. You heard it on the intro. Is this something that you might be interested to get to know the or get to see the behind the scenes? Because you might have a team. You might not have a team. You might know somebody that knows this. And I promise you, if you make that transition, most people will say yes. For us, it's 75%. <laughs> 75% of our guests say yes to that conversation. Sometimes they become a client. Sometimes they become a referral source. Sometimes they become an affiliate. Sometimes they're like, what else do you guys have so we can work together? Because now the relationship is super awesome, right? Because we work on that. And then new opportunities happen, like the ones that are happening this year. So um, when we saw that, we we're like, hmm, how can we systematize this and make sure that this is one of the pillars that we continue to do? Whether that's three times a week, whether that's two times a week, whether that's one time a week, we don't know how it's going to evolve. But that's always going to become a pillar. And then as we build the resources because of the, those relationships, we can then start investing in different things. So we didn't have a product that we could run ads to, for example, and be like, okay, because our service, right? Our service starts at 2,500. I have to be willing to invest 2,500 upfront to acquire at least a customer, right? Because but if they stayed, you know, three, two, three, six, seven months, I'm already made my money back. But at the time, I didn't have $2,500 to invest in ads to test the messages. <laughs> we, understand we, had, we had to test different things. So now that allowed us to like build some capacity, build some a team that could execute on the service. And then now we have the capacity to maybe start planning what the next product could be that we could potentially put an ad in front of because we didn't have the resources. But that came after executing a bunch of times and right. after learning, after grabbing a lot of feedback and after jumping in a ton of calls, <laughs> after getting a ton of no's, right? Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a fun two years for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is the core product in in your business? So the core service is content momentum. So yeah. a simple way to see it is consistent daily content. Um, so how we do that is through our framework M2M. So macro to micro assets. So if you have a long form video and you want to leverage that, we've seen many examples where we have podcasters that just do it for exposure. We have companies that they attach that content into an ad flow. We have people that use that content to recruit other people. Um, but it is just a way to leverage your time. We basically give you time back so you can do what you do best without having to worry and all that kind. So the service has evolved yeah. over the last two years uh, based on that feedback as well. So it's been, it's been fun. Cool. Very cool. Michael, go for it. Do you prefer one-to-one selling or do you think you prefer one-to-many selling? Depends on what you're selling. Uh, <laughs> I think the lower you go, probably one to many is a better option. Uh, but you still have to, I still a big fan of having those conversations because we don't really know what the market is, is it's looking at. So for our service, right, it has to be, I cannot sell my service or I, we were not, we haven't really tried it, but uh, probably it's going to be a hard sell um, on a webinar model. First of all, because, we need to invest the money. So we like, we, what's the fastest path to cash, right? That's, that's the other conversation. The fastest path to cash is that conversation. So I'll give you an example. We recently partnered with an agency, which we thought that was a really, really good way for our service to, to go. But our service is very specialized in the way that we produce the content, in the way that we receive the content, right? So 
what happens is we solve that issue. A lot of people don't have that structure on how do I actually create consistently or how do I actually create this system? So we, it's a plug and play in two weeks. You're up and running. You're good to go, right? And you can use the same system for like two years and be fine. But then when we started working with agencies, what happened was is like they have their own systems. They have their own way to create content. Normally, and I don't recommend this, is very rushed, right? Uh, to build consistency, you have to operate in this like state of flow. So that's what we've created on our end. But I don't know if you guys have experienced it. It's like, okay, I, I deliver content and then I need it tomorrow. Why? Like if if the goal is like long term, right? Consistency, that doesn't matter in the scheme of the the game, right? Like we're good. Like as long as the content is flowing, right? And we create a flow and we can plan with time, we're good to go. We have somebody right now, for example, that she's doing webinars, right? So some of the assets that we're doing are ads for that webinar based on the content that she already created. Well, her webinar is not until three months, but we're still creating them, right? And versus when we went to this agency, we're like, we need content for tomorrow. And we started today. I'm like, sounds good. Well, here's the process. The process is two weeks of onboarding. If we don't hit these points, we, I cannot assure you longevity in the, in the, in the consistency. I cannot right. assure you the best possible product based on your feedback. They wanted to skip all the calls. They want a minimal, minimal contact with the client. And by the way, guys, in two <laughs> weeks, we only require an hour and 30 minutes of the client's time in two weeks, by the way. And it's very planned. Everything is the schedule, but they were pushing back on that. Right. So we're like, okay, well, that's not a fit. But the only way I was able to find that out was having those conversations. And we're like, that's not the route that we want to go, except right. if the agency attaches to the process that we have and it's beneficial, which has happened as well. Now with the small product side of things, I'm running a, the last two weeks I've been running this test campaign on chats is not an ad is chat outreach with a yeah. software that we have. And uh, it's been very powerful because we had no idea <laughs> where, what people wanted from the audience level. Right. So on the back end, imagine the podcast is like this middle platform, right? So on one side you have the back end, your services kind of higher ticket side of things, which are these relationships that we've been building. And then on the other side is this audience that because of consistency, it's growing, it's building. People are asking, what do you do? I want to be connected with you. So we're like, that that thing was kind of mushy. We had no idea where they're coming from. So what we started doing, we're like, okay, the people that show some interest that have been adding us as friends on Facebook, as connections on LinkedIn, I want to find out why, like what happened. So we've been starting conversations systematically, right? There's a flow. Um right. And, uh, and we've been finding out cool things. Like, for example, people want to know operationally, how do you run a show like the way that we, like the, the way that we do it three times a week live? They want to know about the tools. They want to know about the scripts. They want to know about how to invite the person, which in my mind, for me, because I've been doing it for the longest, that was never crossed my mind. For me, the issue was like, okay, you do a show that should be easy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> but then how do we connect? How do we connect it to the profit? So that's where I wanted to focus. And it, it, that light bulb moment came after we were actually at Fun Hiking Live and we we're walking back to our car. And this person like sprints to us uh, from the cafe and like just jumps in front of us in, in this like path, right? And they're like, Luis and Luis. And we're like, oh crap. This is, what is this? <laughs> it's like, I listen to your show every single week. And we're like, wow, that's so cool, man. It was one of the first experiences that we've had like that. And we started a conversation. We went for a beer. And um, and he was asking all these production questions. So we asked him back. We're like, hey, 
what are where are you in your business? Like, why are you wanting to find this out? And we found out a lot of our audience that comes in through the podcasting world is there. So now we can create a solution for them that we can serve them, right? So this originated in a coaching program, which we have a couple of people running through it right now called the Six Figure Platform. It's like, how do you build the base of that so you can build consistency? And that will morph if to some, into something else. It doesn't mean that you get to start there, but at least we'll give you like a really, really solid base to start generating those connections and relationships, right? So without that feedback, it cannot happen. Once you prove that model, then you can like start plugging in the ads because you know it works. Once you create something that really helps the people that are coming in based on those conversations, awesome, create your automated. So again, that's probably the path that we're going to take. We haven't launched a webinar yet uh, in like three years. Uh, same thing, we, we, we watched the perfect webinar Russell's thing. We consume all the content. We like took notes. Like this is how we're going to do it. But we, we didn't improve the concept of our product yet. And I think right now we're at a, at, at a point where some of it is, is doable like that. And we can keep you guys posted. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> we like that. Well, uh, listen, you've talked a lot about, uh, about your strategy in terms of, of getting the podcast going and that's how you've built connections and that's how you've kind of, uh, we would call it dream 100, right? So it's, it's, uh, a, a great strategy. Do you guys run ads at all? Right. Zero. Awesome. Uh, zero. Uh, actually there was a phase of like three months that we were testing, um, putting money behind the micro assets that we created for the show. Um, there was an increase in downloads, but that was the only thing we were able to track. Right. So right. a lot of it so far for us has been very proactive on literally reaching out to people. And at first where, you know, we were in a position where we didn't have money to run ads, right? right. So, and, and a lot of people starting with their businesses, like, wait, I've, I work with small businesses for years. And that's a very big concern for owners, right? Like whether that's an independent business or whether that's a franchise, right? I'll give you an example of Orange Theory and F45. Owners had the same issue. They're like, I don't know. They don't know. It's really hard to know their numbers when you're not educated on it. But they have so much stuff going on in a small business, for example, right? Or startup founders or whatever. If you don't have that support and that mentor or that person that's kind of guiding you through it, it's really hard to make that investment. So, for example, uh, a gym membership like those is 159 bucks a month, right? Yeah. Let's say 150. Uh, let's say a, a hundred average, right? The average lifetime of that customer is about six months, so six hundred bucks. You should you should be comfortable spending six bucks, uh, sorry, six hundred dollars to acquire that one customer, right. because if you know your back end, if you keep him six months, you're gonna recover that money, right? So, for example, we are trying to run a promotion where it's like, hey, if you're a member of this studio and you bring one person, we give you a month for free. If you bring us 12 people, for every person that you bring in, we'll give you a free month, right? When we proposed this idea, all the owners went ballistic on fire. They're like, what? We're giving away money, <laughs> right? We're like, look, you know, or we know that for every customer that comes in, right? They're spending 600 bucks because they're staying at least six months because your, your business is so good at getting results that they're at least staying for six months, right? So I could potentially give that member six months for free <laughs> if they bring me one client, but I'm not doing it. I'm doing one. So will you exchange 
Will you give somebody a hundred bucks to receive 600? I would do that a hundred percent of the time. So that's one of the elements, right? So most people, when they launch, we don't know these numbers. We don't know these things. We didn't know in our service, like how long we have people that stayed two years. We've also had people that stayed two months because they were not a fit, right? We're still trying to figure that one out. And then for the low ticket product, we don't, we don't know that data because we don't know that. So we have to be willing to do that now. So over the next three months, um, with the new opportunity that's about to happen, we're about to test new things. Nice. Um, but one of those is like, okay, if you need to establish that baseline of what works and what doesn't, I highly recommend this book, uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes, incredible book. And they talk about this experience that they had advertising in radio. They gave him like a budget of $10,000. And what they did first was they tested 10 things that caught that it, the investment was a thousand bucks for a month, right? And then after a month, they saw what happened. So a strategy used one through four, did so bad. And then, you know, five to 10 did awesome. They cut the ones that didn't work and they stayed with the other ones. And then they ran it again. And then they cut the one that didn't work. And then they stay with the ones. So a lot of people is like, can you budget something where you can start testing these things? Whether that's five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, a hundred bucks. Doesn't have to be a thousand bucks, right? Can you start doing these things? So yes, there's been a lot of ideas. We've seen it with other businesses that have done it. We haven't done it because we, frankly, I don't think we need it at this time, but it will come a time to where we're going to start testing and we're going to keep everybody posting. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, Let's, did you have another one for? Yeah, the, I have one. So, okay. like, obviously, you have your podcast as a lead magnet. Like, that is that is a way that that you are collecting leads. Do you guys have anything else that that you've created as a lead magnet, or is it just that podcast that you focused on? So, the podcast alone as a, as content is really powerful because right. uh, the people that come in is super awesome. Um, right. We have, it, it's always been attached to our stories. So how we started publishing was the 45 live. We went live for 45 days. Right. Or we, we failed the first time. We failed uh, going live for 45 days because at day 15 we had to stop. But it was because we got a client and our capacity rose to the top because we're executing for that client, right? We go back to the pyramid. Um, we did it again, 45 live. So we've told that story many, many times. And the, the framework or the principle around that is the minimal viable content. It was at a time that we were not publishing. Right? This was before the show. Um, and the only thing that got us unstuck from not publishing was creating a minimal viable content, which for us, again, was going live because I don't have to edit. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to like take a picture. I don't have to think about it. Right. I just like jump on. For me, it was very easy to execute. A lot of people might not think that live is easy. That's fine. Find your easy. Find the ones that is going to remove the friction to go publish. So that's a very popular one. That's the one that we have in contentsprofit.com. Uh, the next one has been the, the one that we share on the back end whenever we're having conversations with people is the publishing pyramid presentation. So that has been our keynote in many events. And, uh, we just share the presentation of the video for free people to go see it and, and get a sort, uh, a sense of it. A cool story was like two weeks ago. Um, I love to work out of co- coffee shops. So I have one like <laughs> five minutes away from, from me. I'm addicted to the coffee. So delicious. <laughs> Uh, the manager even one day she's like hey Luis do you want the key of the of the shop I see you coming early every day I'm like hey sounds good why not <laughs> um, but uh it's, it's allowed me to start many conversations because people overhear the calls or the things that we talk about and uh this girl came in and he's like hey nice to meet you um my, my name is Ray I work for this company they're a software company that's starting is a solution for accountants and apparently that market 
hasn't evolved in many, many years. So what they're doing is this new software piece that facilitates that process. And their owner wants to start a show and the goal is to take over the world, right? <laughs> like many of us. And I'm like, sweet. So we started talking about this. And um, the first thing that I shared with them was like, hey, here's the publishing pyramid. Clearly they had no systems. Like they tried to like record a couple episodes on, on this software. It didn't work out. There was no flow. They didn't know how much time they were going to allocate to this. They didn't know how they're going to measure success, like all these elements, right? They just wanted to do it like many of us want at the very beginning. But I'm like, here, go through this worksheet. It's just four questions and you might have a really cool idea. Well, they came back a week later and be like, can we set up a weekly call with you guys so we can go over these things? So now we have a weekly call with these guys. (laughs) It's like like a, a recently startup, but it's about those things. So like it doesn't have to be. But tell people like automated for us was a big friction point because we don't know anything about software, right? Like we, we've, we've, we've self-taught, like we, we just go through tutorials and figure things out, but that created a lot of friction in our execution because we were focused on, on operating. So even though you had the resources, call it lead magnet, call it, how can I help you thing, <laughs> right? When people come to that, you can still deliver them through DMs, through an email, through a thing, Right. Right. And then it's going to add value and then make sure you connect that with the revenue side. So how do I connect that situation to the revenue side? I followed up. The next week, I put a reminder on my calendar. I'm like, hey, Ray, how did I go? Do you guys implement it? I know that you guys had the recording session on Thursday. And she's like, oh, my God, yes, it was so awesome. What's the next step? And I'm like, what do you mean it's the next step? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Depends on what you guys do. Once you start creating content, you can come to us. It's like, no, no, no. Like, Next week, are we meeting? And I'm like, sure. She's like, how much? <laughs> so, so again, attach it, that process, whether that's a, a lead magnet in, in a fully automated world, you deliver that lead magnet on an email, but there's a follow-up sequence, right? It's an email sequence that maybe they get. They're like, hey, did it work? Did it don't work? Like, give me feedback. How is it? We build a relationship. We forget that sometimes it's us. Like, it's a, it's a human being behind it. Right. So if you don't have those pieces in place, you can still do it. <laughs> It's just going to obviously take a little bit more time or more of your time, but it's going to be a great start to then have the perfect framework that you can plug in the automations like those. Very cool. It's uh, you've got it so dialed in, which, which again, you, you, you just keep segmenting or uh, segueing us right to the next thing. You, you know, do. You, you, it's like we planned it and we told I, you exactly what, we're, we're, we're guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right awesome. uh, you know so you you kind of have talked so much about how you are uh evaluating what you're doing and making decisions based off of that and so we're going to jump into some questions about that do you do you do your own evaluation on um on how you how many of the customers you're getting in come from different places? Or are you uh, like, do you know the numbers on that or? or... So, so right now it's two things, right? Um, and again, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> um, we have a show on that in our Facebook group. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're listening and watching, go, go check it out. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So right now it's two places, right? It's a podcast. And it's our direct conversations. So I'll give you two examples. Obviously, the show, you guys have experienced it. We actually had a call like that, right? And hey, 
it, it wasn't the fit at the time. That's fine. We're still friends. We're still like, we freaking hung out in the, at the event. That's totally okay. Right. A lot of people get so hurt or maybe scared that if we have those conversations that their relationship cannot happen. Right. And that's a lie. We literally like two days ago, I got an email from somebody that we talked about in August last year. Right. And he's like, I'm ready. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. We might have to change some terms because we're, we're a different space now. That's a conversation <laughs> for something, somebody different. But again, have those conversations. So that's one, right? And we're focusing, obviously, what as because the distance to cash is shorter than maybe an email campaign and different things. And we have like real feedback in these conversations. We found out really quick that the price point was not where it was supposed to be for the type of client that we needed to have in that service, right? So we're charging anywhere from 997 to 1500, for example, for this monthly service. And what was happening was people that were coming in that just had that amount, but it was like very stressful for them because they didn't have the systems on the back end to support this. So we're like, okay, how do we filter those people out by pricing a little bit higher? That makes more sense. That has more margins for the company because we're like running dry on the front end. So selling like this and, and hiring and somebody like something like this on the back end. And by the way, this is like the tool behind the scenes. It's we were running like very, very short on margins because we're trying to, to catch that, that initial person, but it was not the right fit for it. And it's not an easy decision when you're trying to pay the, pay the bills, right? right. But we had right. to make it and we're like, okay. So that helped us kind of filter, right? And for example, with this gentleman, the quote for that person, because it was a, we were in a moment where we needed it. <laughs> we were like, okay, look, we can do the first three months for 500 bucks each. And this is the scope of the work. Right now, the scope of the work is a little bit higher. It's more high quality. It's different people, different service. Like it's a different thing that evolved in eight months. Now the price point is here. But if you cannot meet me at that price point, I have a workshop or I have this program that we can teach and coach your team if you need to be right. So it's having that, those things where you can place people. So short, you know, short distance to the shortest path to cash allows us to have that conversation and evolve. Right. Right. And then the second part is the direct outreach. So again, for those like low end ticket products, we're like, okay, if I do, let's say 20 outreach a day, this is my flow. How many calls do I have? And how many people do I close in those calls? Very simple, right? It's like outreach, Call, close. Keep it, keep it, keep it super simple at the very beginning. So one of the things that we're very easily overwhelmed, me and my brother. <laughs> so if I, if I like, this is what we've, we had a, a system on how do we present ideas to the, to the other one. So here's the system. If somebody has an idea and this is not followed a hundred percent of the time, but <laughs> right. here's the theory. The theory is if you have an idea, we can, we're not allowed to come up. <laughs> With an idea, like to bring that idea up in a conversation or our weekly calls if you're not executing on it. So let's say I'm like, Fonzie, I have this amazing, incredible idea, and this is a whole chart, the whole thing, and I draw it up, and and he's just gonna sit there and be like, that's exactly what's gonna happen. He's not gonna be able to talk, right? He's just frozen because of overwhelm, right? We go into this like execution minds, like, oh, this is the map, this is the automation, these are all the emails that we have to send out. And then the other person, whether that's your partner or your team member or your operator, they're like, crap, now how do we break this down, right? So what we decided to do internally was, okay, if I have an idea, I'm gonna test it for a week and then I'm gonna bring you the results. 
<laughs> so sometimes if you don't execute that idea, nobody else will, right? And sometimes if you're going to put that system in place, you have to coach somebody else to do it, right? Your VA or your team members or different things, right? At least the framework, right? Then they can elevate it to like a 10. You can execute it on a five and then they will take it to another level, but it has to work. So one of those ideas was like, hey, let's create this very simple pipeline of people that have added us as friends on Facebook and let's ask them two questions. Why do you connect with us? And why do you want to know? <laughs> That's it, right? So it's like, depending on those questions, they go to the Facebook group or they go to a call. And that has been very, very effective. And it was like that. And it was like, okay, I brought the results in a week. We did like 100 outreaches or something like, like new outreaches plus the follow-ups. By the way, this doesn't take too much time. It's like 30 minutes a day, right? And we generate about 10K of opportunities, close over a half of that in different programs. Nice. Because we have the things to do right. it. So now we have like a real number to go off of, right? Now we have to go execute. Now we have like the capacities back in like, okay, are we, the, the coaching opportunity came out of that, for example, right? They were close to us. They were like, I followed you guys for like a year. We had no idea, right? <laughs> but we had to go be proactive. So once you establish those baselines, then you can make decision and be like, okay, can we hire like a company, for example, called Chat Assassin, right? Can we hire somebody that can man the chats? So if Luis in 30 minutes a day generated these many opportunities, that's the base, that's the baseline. Can they keep up with that? Right? Or can we run ads? Right? So if I do according to my numbers, right? A hundred outreaches, these are people that added us. So let's say divide that in half and then be like, that's your benchmark for your ads, right? But again, we have to have the budget to test. Because it's nothing, it's something that's not proven. Um, right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So numbers that you're tracking daily, what are those numbers that you guys track daily? Conversations and sales. That's it. Conversations and sales. There it is. That's it. Um, episode numbers. Like, have, have we published? Yeah. Um, no downloads. That's it. Conversations and sales. And we've been working with a couple of coaches and it's helping us big time in the last two years. And it's like, keep it simple. Every time we go into like with a new metric, they're like, does that translate into a conversation or a sale? No. Okay. <laughs> Why are we doing it? Uh, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're a specialist on coming up with, uh, with reasons not to do those things that really move the needle. And we were in a very <laughs> sticky situation last year where we stopped doing the things that moved the needle <laughs> and uh, it became really ugly very quickly. So we're now right. making sure that we do that, do the outreach. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. Um, yeah. Michael, you want to finish it up? Yeah. You know, you are a pretty cool cat, man. We <laughs> love, we love chatting with you. We are always, uh, we're always inspired and excited to be able to hear what you guys are up to, hear what you guys are doing. And uh, we're so thankful that uh, we can call you a friend and a colleague. And uh, we're so thankful that you joined us on the show today. But before we let you go, because we know you're a busy man, clearly after this conversation, um, we want to know for everybody out there, what they can do, what can they do to get a hold of you? How can they contact you if they're ready to to turn their content into profit and sure. they're ready to take it to the next level? How can they reach you? How can they get in touch? What can they do? Absolutely. Um, my, my wife has a funny story about this because uh, 
Apparently, I don't pick up the phone. <laughs> so <laughs> she, when we had Luca uh, for the very first time, like when she was pregnant, um, I was in the studio working, right? And uh, she literally added all my staff. I had about 15 people that reported to me between coaches and front desk. And she had every single one of them in a text thread to let me know if she had to go to labor because she did not trust me to pick up the phone even if she was in labor. So literally this is what happened. My whole staff texted me at the same time, your wife is going to labor. I was in a different place and she did not reach out to me. She reached out to my staff for them to reach out to me. And I got like 20 texts like right after. And uh, that's how I found out that she was in labor. So don't, do not text me. <laughs> uh, no, but you can you can connect with me on Facebook. I'm very active there. Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram at Luisda Camejo, or you can go at Bizbrosco. It's us. We have no VAs running those accounts. That's us. If you get an answer, that's us. Uh, we like to keep it. So if you don't respond, just send me a second message. Be like, hey, Luis, what's up, man? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we'll get back to you. Awesome. That's perfect. Well, we appreciate you so much. It's always a pleasure, and uh, and we can't wait. You sure you can't give us a hint on what you're going to announce? It's only a few days away. You could give us, like a, you know. Um, and by, actually, by the time this is out, it you might have already announced it. So maybe uh, behind cameras. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Lexi, close us out. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. Um, if you like this episode, share it, please, please tell your friends. And we are so grateful that you joined us, Luis, and have a great day, everyone. Peace out. Peace Bye out. Guys. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.